thing that the ATF is authorized to do is disband. You know, the right to bear arms is because that's the last form of defense against tyranny. Not to hunt, it's to protect yourself from the police. Not only no gun control, but you know, we're gonna destroy the whole concept because the internet's gonna serve guns. And we want our rights, and by God, we're gonna keep them. Come hell or high water. The E-Militia Podcast, Episode 68, Prison Abolition, A Conversation with Friends. Enjoy fuckers. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. All right. Hello and welcome to the E-Militia Podcast. I'm Bia, and I, I, God, I don't do these intros very often anymore, Mel. Um, <laughs> joining, joining me today is my co-host, uh, Mel, aka Small Crimes, as well as Miss Buckles. And we're going to be handling a pretty controversial topic, uh, even in the, oddly, the anarchist community, um, whenever it comes up, you know, we can say ACAB all day long, but what about the prisons? Oh, fuck. And now we have a border level kind of debate. So um, I'm pretty ignorant on this topic of prison abolition, but it's uh, it's an important, heavy topic that's you know, needs to be discussed. It's like a big fucking part of our culture at the minute. You know, one of the highest levels of incarceration, or the highest level of incarceration mm-hmm. in the world, <laughs> in the United States. What do we think of it? Uh, joining me is a bunch of passionate people on the subject. So we got returning guests, Ace, Ace Arcus. Uh, yes, hello. Uh, I am Ace underscore Arcus from Twitter, and this is a topic that really concerns me, and I don't think gets enough attention, even in like libertarian spaces. Fuck yeah. Uh, we have Corey joining us for the first time. Hey, everyone. Nice to meet you. I am going by Corey DeDevilis, and I really care about this topic because I think that other than death, this is probably one of the worst things that can happen to someone. And for the people on this podcast, I mean, we're not criminals, but who knows? We've got to watch out for ourselves. <laughs> very true. Uh, returning guest, Jay Flintlock, who uh, very, very fucking knowledgeable about the prison system from up close. What's going on, y'all? Um, yep. Uh, I, I actually disagree with you, Corey. I think death is, uh, is more mercy on someone than being caged um because prison as uh, everyone in this uh everyone in this group knows it's the gift that keeps on giving but <laughs> twitter handle pardon your twitter handle oh it's j flintlock okay it's j underscore flintlock <laughs> uh i'd mentioned it before on the on the show it was a different topic it was actually a valentine's day episode but uh i used to work in the in the prison i was a correctional officer and uh I was actually radicalized by, uh, by BR, uh, in the prison hey. parking lot. And then, uh, <laughs> Mel actually brought up the idea of, uh, prison abolishment in that same parking lot, uh, before I quit. And then I thought about it and then I researched it and got upset and got very mad. And then now I'm here. <laughs> well, uh, sorry about the alcoholism, but uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we do. Um, all right. Uh, Buckles. Um, I actually used to work in a prison for a little over a year and it was a private prison. So I actually became super passionate because as I worked to actively help guys not return to prison, um, I was told by course administration that I was the bad guy and I was doing (laughs) too good of a job and that they needed me to stop doing such a good job. So I, you know, I, I say I quit because of the criminals and it wasn't the guys in orange. Damn. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and Mel, you've been the one who's kind of put this this topic on our radar for the longest time. I mean, as everyone knows, the e-militia kind of started off as 
gun right centric and not much else and <laughs> and now we're talking about prison abolition so uh what put this on your radar um well it kind of i came to libertarianism because of the murder of kelly thomas which everybody's already heard that story before on previous podcasts um then i started getting introduced and uh interested in criminal justice and then it kind of became like minarchy you know there was like less and less things that could justify sending people to prison for. And then I started reading more about it and um, the history of how like, you know, the history of prison is like the history of reforms and how most reforms ended up being like real bad. And then learned that it's just a system that can be reformed. It can only be abolished. And that's pretty much it. Started reading about it and every story got me angry and, I became very passionate about it. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's always a it's always a very hot button topic whenever we bring it up because obviously you know we've got the the wood chipper libertarians on one side mm. and and then like you know kind of the closet bootlickers love yeah oh no <laughs> 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 um, but but yes very hot button topic uh, you know that everyone has their own kind of solutions for mm. how justice in a in an anarchist society would be handled and so. When you're like, well, you know, no more prisons. That's going to upset a lot of people. The inverse, <laughs> lot, you know, it's it's a big fucking topic and one of the many kind of issues we have to be like, okay, well, here's one way of handling it. But you know, it's anarchy. There's no one solution for this. There's no one answer uh, for why you know prison might be a flawed system. But want mm. to get into it, kind of you know, go into some stuff, have some pushback, maybe mainly from my ignorance. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, where where should we start, gang? Okay, so um, right away, I want to tackle the most controversial aspect of prison abolition. Um, you know, violent criminals and rapists going on punishment is framed as a an issue that proponents of abolition must respond to, um, despite you know uh, the amount of rapists and murderers going free in the current system, because of a bazillion things. Um, well, yeah, fucking OJ. <laughs> well, <laughs> the system being so bad that most people don't even go to it for help, for starters. Mm. Um, and, you know, the acquittal of killer cops, the election of rapist presidents, <laughs> things <laughs> like that. So, what about the rapists and murderers, guys? Anybody yep. want to start? Um, okay, uh, I I'll, I'll dive in. Uh, so, yeah, so, um, this was actually one of the, one of the things that, uh, helped, um, helped radicalize me. Um, you planted the seed, Mel, but, you know, I, when I started thinking about it, I, I noticed some things around me in the prison system. For example, um, you'll have, uh, child molesters get, you know, a couple, like one or two years if, if they have good behavior and, uh, the people who, take justice in their own hands and um, seek uh, justice their way, um, i.e., you know, killing them. Uh, they get way more time. Uh, there was a an inmate that I uh, that I had. I'll, I call him Kidder. It's not his real name. It's not. It's like an abbreviation of his name. But anyways, he, uh, he shot a chomo in the streets um, after someone hurt his family, and uh, he got like 15 years, and we released a, a child molester that morning who was only doing two. And I just, I think that's extremely wrong. Um, I, I like the idea of taking, um, 
I like the idea of letting the victim or the aggressed uh, seek justice in their own way. Um, I think if the community decides that this person was aggressed upon um, and that person gets collected, you get brought to the victim and they, they decide what the punishment is. I mean, you know, that obviously this can get carried away and it could be taken the wrong way. And, but you're, um, you know, the problem with prison is that the responsibility, you don't, you don't feel the repercussion and the responsibility of what happens to that individual. And so like, okay, what if you, what if, what if a mistake was made and that wasn't, that person was innocent? Well, now you have that person's blood on your hands. So you have to be pretty, you have to be pretty fucking sure of yourself of if, if you're going to take another life or if you're going to punish another person, how you see fit, you know, you have to be pretty sure or else, I mean, you're, you're just like, you know, you're just as bad, but, um, and maybe I'm all over the place. Um, on it's a, answer. it's a big subject and you're, you're the first one going on in it, man. So <laughs> yeah. Um, sorry. Thank you for, thank you for letting me work through my, uh, through my thoughts. Um, I don't know. There's a, there's also, there's not really a, uh, a stress on mental health in the country. Um, in the mm-hmm. state of Missouri, there's only two, uh, mental health, uh, hospitals, one in Northern, oh, wow. Northern Missouri and one in St. Louis. And, uh, you know, there's, I can't, I can't remember how many uh, prisons there are. I think there's like 21. I have my little fact sheet. Yeah, there's 21 state prisons. There's two hospitals. Um, and correctional officers are officially uh, encouraged to go to, um, to, it's called CIT crisis intervention training, to learn how to deal with mentally ill inmates um, so that the state can like check a, a box saying that they they were dealt with but uh or like they did something about it like, but, they, um, like they qualified for it yeah but um honestly if you try to use those skills uh you're you're kind of branded a hug a thug and uh people <laughs> turn on you the gang turns on you <laughs> and so you have a lot of uh mentally ill inmates there's like a shit ton of mentally ill inmates and they're like they commit a vast majority of crimes in the united states um i don't have the percentage in front of me but um, you know, that's, that's a lot of, uh, people who rape or murder, you know, there's something wrong with them. Mental health should be stressed in this country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, you know, that, I mean, that's a great point. I, I think when we're talking about prison abolition, there's always in, in most cases, when we're talking about anything, there's always like two main arguments, especially if you're coming at this from any sort of like libertarian perspective, there's always like an ethical argument and then there's the practical argument, right? Um, right. I, I, I think for the practical argument, it, it, there's also like a, a bunch of really, really strong cases, right? It just is uh, flintlock as you just like laid out a bunch of them, right? I mean, we can talk about like how a lot of times a, a person will go in for a crime and it may be like a petty crime or something. It may not even be like murder or rape or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And they'll come out much worse because they have to be hardened in prison yeah. in some sense to oh, survive, yeah. right? Oh, um, yeah. So, um, you're actually increasing the uh, chance that they'll come out and they'll be more aggressive and more violent through the prison system itself. So that's a huge, huge problem. And just as you were saying, the mental health crisis. Um, if I were to, if I could take an ethical argument, though, which I, I think like some people are, uh, uh, might not like think about too much, and this might upset some libertarians even, which is that if we're talking, if you're a libertarian and you believe in the non-aggression principle, 
the non-aggression principle states that you can use use defensive violence to stop someone from initiating violence on you but it doesn't necessarily say that you have a right to punish a person it says mm-hmm. you have a right to collect restitution for the damage that was done but you don't necessarily have a right to like harm them after the fact or continuously harm them right um and I think prison, in some sense, it does that even to like people who actually are aggressive mm-hmm. um, and, um, you know, what to do with the rapists and murderers. I, I think the best people who uh, um, who are on this issue, who are libertarians, are uh, Roderick Long and Bob Murphy. Um, so Bob Murphy, uh, his system, I really, really enjoy. Um, his idea of a system is where, OK, let's say someone murders someone. Right. And let's say in this system, there are no prisons, none at all. And the only thing, the only penalty for murdering someone is they, they must pay $1,000 in restitution to the victim's family. It's just an arbitrary number. I just said it. It's, you know, just uh, for the example. But let's just say that's the only thing. Most people will be reviled by that. It'll be like a revulsion deep in their soul. It's like, that's horrible. They only, they only have to pay $1,000. Well, while this is true, this is like, if that was the case, there, was, there would be nothing theoretically stopping the victim's family from killing the murderer and paying the thousand dollars right mm-hmm. in that right. other case so the victim's family also would not be like go to prison either for doing that so w- once you realize that if you're having um there could also be things like sanctuaries for criminals that act as prisons but are not uh they don't have the same incentive structure that prisons do so um, an example of this would be like let's say that uh, a, a murderer or a rapist uh, is found guilty and uh there there's no prisons necessarily but essentially what they say is that, look, if you do not make restitution or if you do not self-exile yourself, we will not protect your rights whatsoever. And then now that criminal, knowing that anyone could go and hurt that criminal and they would not be prosecuted for it, that would incentivize the criminal to find some um, in some other place to seek sanctuary act that would protect their rights on specific conditions. Okay. Um, I, I think Corey's uh, uh, wants oh, to say sorry. something. Yeah, no worries. Um, just real quick, uh, mm-hmm. one issue I take with the restitution model, and I think it only really applies in the case of murder, is I think it actually violates self-ownership because the victim in that case is the person who died. Like, yeah, they, they're not around to feel anything anymore, but like if you are arguing that you can pay off their family, whatever amount it is, like I appreciate the game theory of your argument, like mm-hmm. they can just like uh, uh, retaliate with very little cost. But my point is like the victim's family doesn't own that family member that they lost. So they don't get to like uh, decide what the price is on that's, victim's behalf. That's a fair criticism because I know that um, it, it comes from the common law uh, structure. It's a common law doctrine, essentially, that if a murderer murdered someone's families, that they would pay their estate, right? Um, so I, I, I do see that criticism. I, I do think it might be not, not it would, might not necessarily be a prince. It might not, we might not be able to derive it from a, a logical like principle through the nap. But I think it would practically manifest itself that way. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and actually, like the second part of uh, your um, answer, which regarded you know having an outlaw status, yeah, that kind of uh, vibes with me pretty well. Okay. Yeah. What if they don't pay? What if they say no? Uh, then they won't be. Then they won't be protected. Uh, their rights won't be protected. Do you know okay. what I mean? So then, like, that's how I. 
Yeah, so any essentially they would have an incentive to get get the hell out of that society that they were in because what they knew that anyone at any time could just you know uh, do anything they wanted to them and they would not be prosecuted. I think they have a pretty good incentive to get out. I think in order, I I think in order for prison abolishment uh, to be to work, and I've I've said this in in many things that uh, involve anarchism or libertarianism or whatever your brand is. lack of a better term but strong communities um yeah like the state has destroyed strong community bonds because they want the people to rely on them instead of their yes. neighbors mm-hmm. and i think that strong community bonds knowing your neighbors and helping out your neighbor so and and you know i i guess uh incentivizing that again lack of a better word right now uh incentivizing that they in turn watch your back you scratch mine i scratch yours uh i think that's necessary and most Absolutely. things involving anarchism yeah, and, and prison abolishment. I'm a very big proponent of that in my job now when I talk to my clients because I'm on that flip side now where I'm in victim services and so I'm working with victims of crime and whatnot. And so like I see where these murderers and rapists don't even make it to the prison system. to even They don't even see the inside of a jail cell. So when I safety plan with like a domestic violence victim or something like that, nine times out of 10, it's working outside of the system. So it's without law enforcement, without them being arrested, all that kind of stuff. And it's, it's totally strengthening their support group, like their family, all that kind of stuff. I've had successful cases where all it took was like an uncle, a brother, dad, all three, I don't know, meet homeboy in the parking lot with a firm finger in the chest. Like we see you, stay away the consequences aren't us calling the police and that person (laughs) leaves her alone so it's like he's going to behave because he knows that there's a group of people that aren't going to allow him to misbehave and so i've always been a big proponent of having people in your life that you can turn to and if it has to become bigger like the community to help keep safe obviously that's better because even like we just recently had a church scandal you know, typical child porn. It sounds mm. so terrible saying typical. <laughs> typical. <laughs> but yeah, typical child porn, you know, grooming kind of a thing. But um, if the church had been more cohesive, they would have seen it early on. But they weren't. There was a lot of infighting and finger pointing and things. And so if they had been, you know, a community, they would have seen these behaviors and, you know, nipped it in the bud a lot earlier. So I agree on that What did the family sentiment. do about it? The not, uh, they relied on the criminal justice system. <laughs> That's unfortunate. <laughs> so he did yeah. get uh, the quote-unquote max aggravated sentence he could get, but the judge himself said he was disappointed that he only had 10 to 24 years to choose from because he would have given him life. Yeah, I, I think kind of like a, a common theme of a lot of what we're going to be talking about is where just naturally in the current system, you often have to find workarounds or like other things to patch the so-called solution. 100%. Which is like you know I I'm I'm not ready to wear the label prison abolitionist but I'm like damn near there with like kind of some just just so I'm able to make the argument myself and bring up the the right points if someone's to turn to me and be like why is prison abolition a thing you believe in because obviously we all know it's not about rehabilitation like <laughs> oh it's punishment for, yeah yeah it, it's it's just yeah. to to make an example of someone and also <laughs> if we can if we can make some fucking scratch off you know some people doing 10 15 years mm-hmm. why not <laughs> so, right yep so um you know that's obviously 
that should be enough to make most people skeptical, at least of the current situation, to, like, not defend mm-hmm. its... Like, at the very least, a good libertarian should be like, yeah, this could use some work. <laughs> <laughs> and at best, they can see that the whole thing is miserably fucking rotten. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, so... America has a 60% recidivism rate. <laughs> if a yeah. company operated on that business, <laughs> they would be shut down immediately. If... Prisons kept people safe. America would be the safest place yeah. in the world. And clearly it's not. I think this conversation brings up um, like a good point about how our culture is so obsessed with like courts and criminalization. Mm-hmm. And FTV, baby. <laughs> and cops. Ugh, don't even get me started. <laughs> um, and it's like limited our imaginations on the possibilities and replacements when it comes to holding people accountable for violent crimes, right? So, like, there could be a solution out there none of us are even thinking of because we're still focused on, like, replacing this monstrous system with something smaller that is kind of, like, created with that in mind, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, most libertarians are still, you know, like... This might even freak out some of you guys, but when, whenever you hear the term, like the term, like, uh, oh well, w- how would we do courts in an anarchist society? It's like, who uh, knows if that's what the system is? You know, like right. it, it, it could be like it a, a much a more direct meeting. line of <laughs> yeah, yeah, like a, a much more direct line of restitution and like investigation. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be it could fucking look like anything. But, yeah, we um, used to have but, private eyes and things like that to do our yeah. investigations, and, and, we, and we just don't know what we don't know. So you know mm-hmm. that, that enough is enough to stay humble. Yeah. I think yeah. what people value uh, about courts is not so much like the building or the guy in the black robe, but the procedure and the fact yeah, that you got that. like a fair hearing. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're, it's a mediation really. So it's like, I'm not going to take your word or your word. One of my favorite scenes in the book, um, The Moon is a Harsh Mistress, um, <sighs> was when they hire the main character to be a judge like they're having a dispute they each pay him a certain amount of money and he agrees to be fair and then they do it and he's like all right we'll move along yeah. it was very nice just on the street justice <laughs> and uh you know that actually has historical precedent because that's how um societies like ancient ireland or medieval iceland or um the republic of Cospia when it w- had no state um that's how they acted too in their like legal structure like, uh it's literally it's, a court of your uh court your peers or whatever they call right yeah. literally yes correct yeah and if mediation or courts were like mediation like that it would be so much better yeah but we, we still have people saying you know army police and courts it's like oh right. <laughs> yeah Let, let's 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 think beyond that and you know a lot of us are guilty of it we we go like very far down the rabbit hole and don't realize we might have these little you know blind spots I think I think prison abolition is one like you know it's it's something like you said Ace that people just don't bring up enough in this community. It's like you know like you can make your wood chipper memes, but you know and, and as much as we right. we all might you know like to make fun of theory, like there has to be a certain point where you're like okay, but solutions what right. are the solutions? Not just like a you know this is the one that works, but like a mm-hmm. how how do we go about reimagining this whole idea of punishment? Right. 
and, and yeah. you know i think with prisons too it's it's like you know as uh, flintlock was saying earlier it's like they actually uh and just from a practical perspective they cause a lot more problems than they solve a lot of the times just because yeah. of like how horrible uh it is in there and like how unfair it is like it, it, i think your example was someone uh killed someone what was the uh, a pedophile and he got more years uh the, the killer of the pedophile got more years than the pedophile yeah and he was super upset about it he uh he, like was very uh remorseful about it and i kind of mm -hmm. i was giving him like the come on man you don't have to play these games with me like you and i mm -hmm. both know that was the right thing to do and he like had a good laugh <laughs> about it and was like yeah i'd probably do it again and i said don't say that loud. <laughs> don't say that too loud but you know right me too. yeah um, and, and and you know, there's a lot of prisoners in prison who I, I feel. Here's the sad thing, though, right? Just as a culture itself, it seems like American people just do not ever think about prisoners' lives or care mm -hmm. about them. Because there's a lot oh, of no. prisoners who are legitimately, even if they've done something bad, I don't feel like they deserve what they're getting. You know no. what I mean? No, they some of them just like, violated words on paper, not somebody right. else. They yeah. didn't hurt anybody else. I had a friend did two years in a state prison, and he was shipped off to some private prison in Oklahoma, but that he found himself mm. in the middle of a race war. And he's just, you know, oh. Joe Schmo white dude. And he doesn't care. He's like, I don't care. Right. And he was told oh, you're going great. to choose. You are yeah, going oh, to choose a side that. because if you don't fight with your race, we're going to kick your ass. And so oh, it was like, yeah. he had no choice. He's like, I don't, he's like, I tried to stay right. on the edges, but I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> well, who hasn't been in a race war, you know, no, I'll try. <laughs> I call that Tuesday. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> well, that, that's, it's 2021, guys. Who hasn't been in one? That's right. Come on. Let's yeah, go down story. to the supermarket. <laughs> you just you, know, you go out in team colors, which is you know whatever whatever you got, and that's like it's. Uh, yeah, so I got the numbers here for uh, for statistics on uh, various drug offenses. Oh, I thought you meant um, the numbers for something else. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> like, no, no, not for race wars. I, I, oh, yeah. I, I got the numbers on my on my uh, on my team prepared. colors. No, oh, as a. <laughs> <laughs> as of twenty, as of twenty twenty, uh, I don't have the uh, the twenty twenty one numbers. Don't sue me. But twenty twenty, uh, one in five uh, are incarcerated on drug offenses. So and it's I, it yeah, it, it's a lot of nonviolent offenses. Not that's not even like taking into consideration all the nonviolent offenses, just right. drugs. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even like something like um, if someone stole my car or something and like crashed it or something, I would be pretty upset. But also the, the idea that this kid who went for a joyride in my car is not going to be locked up for like 10, maybe 12 years or something yeah. for that is <laughs> unconscionable to me. <laughs> that reminds mm -hmm. me of this meme that's like um, prison systems really do be like somebody steals your car and then you lock them in your basement for three years. <laughs> and all your friends are like, bro, chill. Right. <laughs> it's right. right to me. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, really quick, uh, I just wanted to say, like, we had three topics that we really wanted to cover, and that was, um, what about the rapists and murderers alternatives, and then, um, pr how practical it is. We are the first two are kind of like blended, so we're still kind of talking about like what about the rapists and murderers if our listeners are getting a little bit confused. <laughs> and I do want to say that part of the problem with prisons is that there are like three major pathways out of crime and that's employment, marriage, and age. And the solution right now to crime uh, often damages a person's chances at any of these pathways because they are it's hard to get a job when you have a record it's hard to meet somebody you know marriage 
when most of your prime is spent in prison for things. Um, And also the state, the current system takes like the most hated people and strips them of their humanity. And once that um, becomes acceptable, they apply it to a lot of other people. So when we're talking about what about the rapists and murders, it's a very small percentage of people though. If we only talk about abolishing prisons for people who do not commit violent crime, we could release all of those people, including violent crimes that are like selling drugs near school, not violent, considered a violent crime. We would still be in like the top 30 countries with the largest prison. Yeah, there would be 2.3 million free people if they abolished prisons tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and talking to my the my inmates that I worked with, the employment was the number one thing, and that's actually what got me in trouble at that place because I got in trouble for bringing in prison contraband. <laughs> because <laughs> I my job was to teach them life skills, which was to like get them out of prison so they don't come back. So it was like health, relationships, employment, mm-hmm. and I don't remember what the other one was. Yeah. And after talking to so many of them, you know, I realized like. They can't get a job when they get out. I don't care how many companies say they hire convicts. It's not true. And they would go back to what they know. They know how to make money. They know how to survive. So they're mm-hmm. selling drugs, stealing, whatever. So they'd find themselves yeah. back. Well, it, I literally got them. pulled into the... No, Well, so what I found through my research was that the best way, especially in my state, for an inmate to survive outside of prison was to start their own business. Learn a trade start a business, super easy. Now you're on your own boss. You don't have to worry about background checks, all that stuff. Well, I created basically a class, found all the paperwork, taught them how to fill it out, showed them what they needed to do. And I got called into the warden's office for prison contraband because I didn't get approval on the material that I brought in. And that's when they basically said like, you're doing a great job and we love that, but you need to not do such a great job. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, literally. And I was like, okay like check and then when i got in trouble the second time for not fudging numbers because the whole reason our prison system existed like why we got the contract was for rehabilitation those were those life skills classes we were supposed to prove to the doc we're going to rehabilitate these guys and they were asking me to fudge numbers and punish these dudes and like inflate numbers and i was like i'm not going to do that and i flat out said i got into this to help people not numbers and my boss was like well you're in the wrong business and i was like you're correct and so i totally put in my notice and they they put like bets on me the inmates were like oh you're not gonna last long like you actually give a shit and they were right yeah Yeah. um jay flintlock has something to say sorry for not raising my hand i forgot that button existed Um, (laughs) no i i love that button so several things um one you're gonna you're ruining their precious recidivism rate how are they supposed to have slave labor without um you know recidivism i mean uh, i i can't remember you said 60 percent u.s wide i know in missouri it's yeah. about 46 percent almost half um yeah. half the people are returning that's fucking insane um you should know that your system is is fucked if one out of two people come back but anyways i digress um <laughs> oh they people, know it's fucked helping people so uh in the in the in the chat that we have going on right now, uh, Corey asks, um, "Are COs uh, likable people?" And I'd, I'd say about I I always say in everything first responder related across the board, it's about half half the people that I personally met who are in um, who are first responders joined with the intention of helping out their community in the way that they have been indoctrinated to uh, 
to do it, uh, to perform that uh, task that they felt feel drawn to. Um, I mean, I personally just wanted to help out my community. And then uh, I found out, uh, you know, exactly who I was, who the type of people I was working with, um, what the mentality behind quote unquote corrections is, which is, it's really just punishment. We need to get away from punishment mentality um, as a culture. Uh, oh, uh, and then um, also, uh, it's really hard to, uh, I can't remember what you said, Buckles, but it kind of just jarred that into my memory. Um, but it's really hard talking to, oh, that's right. Okay, so I'm a roofer now, and I work with a lot of people who are um, convicts. They're former inmates. And uh, I'm sorry, a what? Pardon? You're a, a what? Roof, a roofer. Oh, a roofer. Okay, yeah. sorry. And so, uh, anything to get out of prison, dude. But anyways... <laughs> uh it's it i work with some uh former former felons and uh talking to them it's the the system indoctrinates them to thinking like no this was good for you and so Mm -hmm. like you should be thankful that you went to prison i I mean i've been working on one of my one of my buddies uh who's on my crew right now for um almost a year now convincing him that what they did to him was wrong um what he actually did was uh he he was um Oh, he was going to commit armed robbery because he was desperate. And so he busted in through the door and it was an old lady. And he said, oh, my God, I'm, I'm so sorry. And he walked outside and he laid down on the ground. And he waited for the police. Wouldn't it have been better just to pay restitution, you know, like or work it off or build the build a new door? And I mean, that builds right. community bonds. Um, my cousin was uh, also in for drugs and convincing trying to convince him that what they did to him was terrible and the state should be destroyed for it. Oh, they should be destroyed. It should be destroyed for a lot of things. Uh, nonviolent PBS. I know that PBS <laughs> follows me. So not it's all right. Me. It's all right. Langley <laughs> listening. Yeah. Allegedly. Uh, like yeah. Allegedly. But, uh, you know, convincing them that what happened to them was wrong is just one of the most difficult tasks I've run into. And, you know, it, it just like, it really infuriates me too, because it's like, and, and I mean, you had firsthand experience, so you could probably speak to this better than I can, but it, it's like, uh, just these people's lives are just like destroyed. Even if they actually did something bad, the fact that, you know, they're not even after they get out of prison, as Mel was saying earlier, their lives are just like completely mm-hmm. ruined. Oh yeah. Um, a really good book to read about that is Just Mercy. Cause like when you think about somebody who's like a bad guy or whatever, um, you really just see like his crime and Mm. not like the mitigating circumstances, but like Mm -hmm. that book will really open you up to like everything. Yeah. A lot of people, you know, hurt people, hurt people basically. Um, a lot of people who are in the prison system are victims of crimes themselves. Uh, and I think that's a big problem that should be taken into consideration. <laughs> well, what you said about the recism, recism, oh my god, recidivism. Thank you, my fucking word. Um, rate in the uh, in our little sidebar here. Uh, you haven't said that on the, on Mikey, have you? Uh, no. Uh, what he's talking about is like our recidivism rate is <laughs> not people committing new crimes. Most of it's like failure to update your address, being literally being five minutes late to an appointment with your parole officer. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a guy who just now, um, 
I can't remember the lady on Twitter who posted it, but like literally an hour ago, um, I saw this article where a guy forgot to update his address card for, um, <laughs> for his parole officer and he killed himself because the prison conditions right now because of COVID Jesus. are so bad. They can't read their mail. They can't have visitors. They, it's pretty much been like lockdown, lockdown for a year, over oh, a yeah. year. Yeah. And, um, it's that's all he did. He didn't commit a new crime. He was released. He forgot to update his address, and they put him back in jail. Prison. Yeah, yeah. I was a uh, I was still a CO whenever um, they were doing COVID uh, restrictions uh, on inmates. And honestly, dudes who I was friendly with for you know a year, year and a half, became my worst nightmare because they got really squirrely, and rightfully so. And I understood, but um, I mean. You know what? What they what they're doing to you know the people, uh, what the government's doing to the people is cruel when it comes to lockdowns. What they're doing to inmates is is a fucking humanitarian. It, it's 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 wrong. It's just fucking wrong, plain and simple. I've been I've been reading about a lot more like solitary confinement and you know every yeah. excuse in the book to do it right now because of you know COVID mm-hmm. restrictions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a like an activist group in Arizona that I'm a part of called striving to achieve reform together. It's start. And it's mostly like moms and family members and stuff of incarcerated people. Um, But when you hear the horror stories and like, especially when COVID had first started and things and the lockdown started, when you heard what was coming out and what these people are going through in here, like it's heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, um, solitary confinement is used as torture. <laughs> oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. It that, is psychological. That, that they're yeah, the fact that they're using this like you know just be, just because it's like no, these people are actually being tortured on top of being in prison. It's it's evil. It's uh, they're using COVID also to uh, expand like the prison industrial complex. They got rid of in a lot of prisons mail and now they're doing this thing where they scan mail and the prisoners can read it electronically but now the prisoners have to pay for that stuff they have to like pay to read their own mail and like when it comes to entertainment type stuff with like music and phone calls and visitation they're changing visitation to zoom type calls but it's some company that charges so much money for these visits and with the phone calls they charge so much money and commissary it was like so 15, much money like it was like 15 or 20 bucks uh I, i'm pretty sure uh for each call and that might not sound like a lot of money to you but like <laughs> they get paid 725 a month if they have a regular job and if they have the best job which is work release uh at least in my facility uh it was 725 a day and so, if you you gotta save up a like, lot to get that call if you think about like how sending people to prison, it's kind of like blowback with policy. Right. Basically, it creates like ripples and you can like lock a guy up and it just doesn't affect him. It affects that family. It affects that community. So these people with loved ones in prisons, some of them are not like bad off, but most of them are very bad off whereas like a $15 visit is their food for the week, you know? So I uh, to add on to your point real quick, Mel, um, you know, to, um, it also, like, if you think about a lot of these, like, uh, young, uh, like, uh, young people who commit crimes, like, early in their early 20s, how many of them don't have dads, and because mm-hmm. their dads were locked mm-hmm. in prison, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So that, yeah. 
Yeah, it but completely my... destroys the upward economic mobility of a community. A hundred percent. Yeah, I mean that that's kind of yeah. Well, not kind of. That's exactly what we saw during you know the whole civil rights kind of MLK Malcolm X period. Is you know they fucking weaponized their prison system mm-hmm. to to just yes. decimate what was a rowdy population, and yes. they're you know to to get old tinfoil hat. They're perfectly willing to do that again with a, a war on guns and decimate whatever the next rowdy group, whatever the next rowdy faction might mm-hmm. be. Yeah, and it's that you know when, and they've convinced us that this is just how a you know a yeah. safe and society exists and with, with a super weapon just sitting there to like decimate any population it needs to. And you know, if you're yeah. someone who doesn't care about criminals, you know, just to think about like with a stroke of a pen, you could become a criminal tomorrow to yep. these people. Oh yeah, right. And That's you would be gone. Yeah, and, yep. and then you would be gone. You would be taken to prison. And then everyone else would think, oh, he's just a criminal. Who cares? So the, mm-hmm. like, even if you, even if it's a selfish reason, there's still good reason to care about these people who are locked in prison. But you know what? If you send enough people to prison and just fake enough evidence, you too be- can become vice president. <laughs> right. The queen <laughs> of prison. Right. Yeah. Oh, oh, God. oh and uh, um, honestly, uh, I wanted to talk about that, too, because I don't have the stats with me, unfortunately. I feel really bad for not having them here. But isn't it, um, maybe one of you guys can correct me, but I believe 90, almost 90% of convictions are from plea deals, correct? Yes. I think it's 92. Nine, or 92.8 or something like that. Oh, Scott Horton just talked. To, or no, not Scott Horton. Um, oh, they just put brought it up on Lions of Liberty. Scott Horton and Lions of Liberty recently did something Mark on Claire? criminal justice. Yes. Or, they, um, okay. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, oh, shit. Oh, I know. I'm <laughs> blanking. I feel so terrible. I know all these people. <laughs> oh. It's always the worst. Wait, what? That's the show, right? Finding Freedom? The Lions yes. Of yes. Finding yes. Freedom. Yes. Uh, he just talked about how most of the people uh, do plea deals. Because they, they don't want to get punished worse. And you'll get punished if you make them do their job. And I just want to... Yeah. And I... Well, no. I just want to say that if we believe... Okay. It's a legal principle. If you believe in innocent until proven guilty, right? If you're threatening a punishment on someone while they're still considered innocent, I regard that as coercion. <laughs> so I would make the case that even if you are not a prison abolitionist, if you're a libertarian who believes that coercion is wrong, then you should still be in support of 90% of those people at the very least getting retrials. Yep. <laughs> right? Oh, fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Bob Murphy had a fantastic episode on his rejection of plea deals as a yes. tactic. Two episodes, in fact. One was solo, and the other was him bringing on like an LA prosecutor to kind of talk through some of the details. And it was a really good conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, at, at this stage, you know, much like uh, all of the dead in Iraq and Afghanistan, I mean, fucking people in prisons over here are just, you know, they're just pawns to be played with in people's political careers, and they're they're perfectly willing to. Right, whole lives off if it pushes someone in the right direction, as we've seen with our, our now VP. You can you can get second from the nukes if you just put enough people behind bars for bullshit. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. And, you know, it, it, the hypocrisy of it just is salt in the wound, you know, because it's like if you look at any of these people in Washington, they have d- killed way more people, kidnapped way more oh, people, yeah. stolen way more than anyone in the prison system. Way more. Blood-soaked so monsters. Like, yes. Yes, absolutely. So even though the question, you know, what about the rapists and murderers is completely valid, my knee-jerk reaction is always get them out of Congress and take away their badges. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yes, exactly. That's yeah. the only gun control I support. That's take right. Take it away from politicians and feds, dude. Yeah. Uh, 
if you have much say for country. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, so um, do we do we want to go like because we we've nailed kind of like the, mm-hmm. the 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 main opinion that you know we have murderers and rapists in power. That's well and good, but to to give people the physical on the nail kind of answer uh, is some of the more autistic amongst amongst us need. <laughs> Um, in Ankapistan, what are we doing with like murderers and rapists? We we've talked about a little bit about restitution, but like, do we just like you know a smattering of ideas, kind well, of thing ideas that are out there? I I I, I talked about this earlier, but I, I still like the system of that that was often used in like common law systems in an ancient Ireland and medieval Iceland, where um, if they did not pay restitution, if the murderer was such a, a vile person, then no one in that community is going to protect his rights anyway. Oh, okay. so. Mm-hmm. Right. So if that person is truly vile, then no one, uh, anyone could attack him and he, they would not be prosecuted for it. You know what I mean? Because it, that, that seems I've seen that documentary. Sense. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that town where they just, yeah, mur- like the whole town's like someone. Yeah. yeah. No like, snitching motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but like, I think a lot of these problems are only problems because we're in a centralized system right now yeah. with no other type of um, security because it's like, and also um, I, I do think the idea of like voluntary, like exiles for prisoners who mm-hmm. are like, okay, my rights are not going to be protected in this community. <laughs> so I'm going to go to this place where they will protect me in exchange for me, maybe like, you know, working there or paying off restitution to the family to regain my status uh, in society. I think that's a very practical idea as well as like ethically consistent. Didn't yeah. you also uh, talk about banishment at one point? Um, well, I think the ban, yeah, well, the banishment would come from people just excluding them from their property. You know what I, I mean? So it'd be like the uh, idea of banishment. That's a fantastic yeah. idea and an alternate to taking a life. Right. Yeah. So like the idea of banishment would be like, uh, people, if there's a criminal around, no one is going, no one has an incentive really to like banish this per or to, uh, let this person on their property. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Except for maybe other criminals, but then you just banish those other criminals too. Yeah. <laughs> so it's sort of like, yeah, they would sort of be incentive they wouldn't be able to go anywhere no one would let them in their businesses or houses or property or anything um and they could evict them off their property so that mm-hmm. they would essentially be you know exiles from that society you know both in a literal sense sometimes so it's uh, also important to keep in mind right now we have one monstrous system and people think it needs to be replaced with one monstrous system right but instead it's gonna be like super small scale you know some communities might like exile some might like banishment some might just like killing the people not much you're gonna be able to do about it in Ankapistan. <laughs> um yeah, looking at you texas <laughs> right yeah um, but I, I will say there um i do want to say because I, I feel like some people might get the idea that okay well then you know some people on the other side might be like oh so we're just going to go around and murder criminals because we think there might be criminals well no i i, I do want to say that if you try, if you go to kill a criminal and you're wrong and they did not commit the crime or something, or they're not, then you probably will face prosecution. So you're there's right. always a risk to vigilante justice. I just want to bear and that responsibility. That's right. Stuff like um, mediation, where some victims really just want to confront the people mm-hmm. that hurt them. Yes. They don't yeah. want yeah. anything, you know, like exile, but also completely aside from that, trying to make you know, get my thoughts straight. Uh, right now, our prison system, it's kind of like all these people in a certain place go to this other certain place. 
with no, they don't pay attention to like what that person's good at. So these voluntary exiles could be like, there could be like an engineer prison and there can be prisons that are like very, um, uh, like specified to like a certain craft, I guess. Right. Oh, please don't sure. send me to engineer prison. I don't want to hang around those nerds all day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> as long as they're not civil engineers, I suppose. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Straight to the can... gulag for them. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> but yeah, um, not just one system. Yeah. Basically. And I, mm-hmm. I, I, um, just going off your thing, I think it's important to distinct because, like, I, the, the, the prisons, quote unquote, would not be like prisons today, obviously, right? But they, yeah. in the sense that the prisoner technically could leave the premises of like this uh, theorized prison. They could but choose they, their prison, yeah. Yeah, but they would essentially be, uh, have, have, they would, once they left, they would not have their rights protected by anyone in that society near them. You know what I mean? So they would be taking an enormous risk, uh, leaving the security of their, uh, exile. Well, How do you guys feel about Australia? Right. <laughs> um, do we want to go ahead and talk about like how practical prison abolition is? Yeah, it's not. Sure. <laughs> Where would so, you put homeless? Oh, well, I... <laughs> I mean, um, just gonna let them wander in the streets. They fought for this country. Well, they think they did. It's about half. No, I'm kidding. But they think they fought for this country. Of, Where are you going to put them? Prison, obviously. A lot of people, like, we're not talking about tomorrow. You wake up in 2.3 million prisoners released into society and nothing changes. That's not practical. It's something probably far out in the future, maybe not even in our futures. And I think, personally, society will have to meet several... Um, uh, I guess goals before. Uh, Corey, do you have something to say? Yeah, one thought that occurred to me, right? Like, instead of necessarily releasing the 2.3 million uh, prisoners just out into the public, could we kind of hand the prison over to them in the sense of like, giving them a place to stay, like, three hots in a cot, but like you manage it, you raise revenue. Oh. But, so like they own their cells and then they kind of collectively own the space. And, and yeah, exactly. And like those who leave, like, I mean, maybe there's some provision to like have an ankle monitor or something. I'm not exactly sure, but- I really uh, like that idea. There would be some- the prisons and the communes. There would immediately be think... some serious consensual duels that happened. I do <laughs> think that there would have to be some shuffling because um, if you read like about the Attica prison riot, mm-hmm. there was they essentially took the prison over, right? Um, there was a was lot of bad prisoner on prisoner stuff that occurred sure. as well during that oh, riot. Yeah. So I do think you could turn the prisons over to the people to manage, but you might have to do a little bit of shuffling of prisoners before. Sure. I, but I, I also there feel like if they though. knew. I'm sorry. Uh, That's there was true. Self- there was. Yeah, there was self-policing. Yeah, there was uh, immediately started raping. But like you know, the 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 inmates band together and they said, "Hey, we're not doing this shit, dude. Like we're doing this for a fucking reason. Cut the shit. Right. Put, squash the beast for now. We're we're doing this. This is it. full steam ahead. Squash yeah. the beef is an awful euphemism. And, 
<laughs> you know, yeah, after I talked about fucking inmate rape, yeah, I'm sorry. It's <laughs> like, it's like, ah, what would that be? Uh, but sorry, uh, no, uh, it's fine. Struggle, Ugh, I'm sorry, struggles. boys and girls. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, Corey, that's a really like Rothbardian take too, because Rothbard, I'm pretty sure, would have come to that same conclusion because he did that with uh, like certain businesses associated with the state. He was totally fine with like, oh yeah, the workers should just take over the company if you know they're in bed with mm-hmm. the state. So yeah, I, I like that point. Nature will find a way. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know how many of you guys are Bob Murphy fans. Or um, at least somewhat fans. There was something he discussed on one of his episodes. Like how Rothbardian, whatever. I keep getting that confused with the Twitter user. (laughs) How Rothbardian (laughs) societies would be peaceful. And he talked about like seven or eight conditions that would need to be met and i think they are worth mentioning how in a libertarian society there would be like hard money so like no boom bust cycle Mm -hmm. um there wouldn't be like massive disruption of the family units removing one or both parents for things like the drug war regular war um there would be like you know drug laws would be way more relaxed minimum wage laws would be way well there wouldn't be any um looser restrictions on adoption you know like you there's no incentive to have children you can't afford because that is definitely a part of crime yeah (laughs) um and then i don't have any proof of this whatsoever but i think that without the state mental illness and psychological issues that uh lead to poverty and deprivation of all different kinds would also be muted um, well, yeah, they wouldn't. They couldn't afford to put LSD in the fucking world anymore. <laughs> and then, like, I do believe public school is a big cause of, you know, those uh, types of things. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, talking about prisons, like public schools are like mini. I, I don't want to lessen, you know, how horrible prisons are, but like, you know, it's it's like a miniature like mimic of a prison type thing, well, it gets right? Used right. To the pipeline dude. and orders. Yeah, and, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and if you just if you Google, like, I don't want to go on public schools too long, but I just want to say if you Google like public school makes me, <laughs> and then like Google fill in the auto text, you will see the most black pilling, right. depressing thing you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> It's really sad what like kid, these kids are obviously like googling. And then like one last thing, uh, if you know a training and whatever getting armed and trained is like an important part of revolution, revolutionary politics, but so is like building up your community. So if your community has more resources, uh, you know they're not all going to fund this trillion dollar prison system. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know what's above trillion. What's above trillion? Quadrillion. Quadrillion. Yeah. A fucking trillion. <laughs> it's probably a quadrillion yeah. dollar prison system. I don't know. Um, but all that money is going to be like within your community. So you're going to have more ways to right. help people through like mutual aid and whatnot. Exactly. And that's going to strengthen your community and mute crime as yeah, well. And you'd have to imagine, is just uh, jumping off that, Mel, you'd have to imagine like in libertarian society, there'd be a lot more mutual aid societies. So like the whole like, you know, uh, like I do think poverty definitely has some correlative to crime. So I, I think that would definitely be lessened for sure. And especially when you said with like hard money and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's it's always funny because whenever you bring up prison abolition, everyone goes, "Ew, how like lefty!" And it's like that's actually yeah, okay. like pretty pretty damn Rothbardian bulletproof, you know, mm-hmm. discussions to be had about this whole topic. Right. I just but, assume um, people want chomos to live, like you know, whatever. 
Yeah, you know, I, I think that's going to be a lot. Like when when people see the title of this episode, they're going to be like, "Oh my god, they've done it! <laughs> they are rooting for the pedos." Right. What the fuck? And the I, murderers. Yeah, I just want We've hunting season voters. to be you know open season. You know, that's all. <laughs> so for assuming. Oh god. Yeah, and then in Kapistan, you instead of seeing uh, Taliban hunting licenses on the back of trucks, you're going to see someone someone else. Uh, oh yeah, dude. <laughs> I know you'd be rocking one. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. What, what, what's the other? Uh, what's the other big topic? You, you said you had three mil. Uh, well, we covered the first two, which was rapists and murderers and alternatives, and then the last one was just how practical it would be. Oh, the, the state would then, never allow it. <laughs> I, I also do want to say one thing real quick because I, it's not like you brought it up earlier but like I, sometimes I'll say like prison is actual slavery and people say no it's not and mm-hmm. it's like no if you no, look at the 13th amendment it, they literally say that it's yep. okay if you're convicted of a crime <laughs> so yeah yeah I'll take you from your family and I'll put you in my basement I'll pay you 725 a month and That's then right. I will pay you or and then I will I will I'll feed you but it's I mean it's not going to fill you up but don't worry like I'll, right. I'll I'll sell you stuff like at upcharge prices that you can't afford unless someone's giving me money to give to you. So right. it's cool, dude. Don't worry. Yeah. People really underestimate how the state creates the conditions or, you know, maintains the conditions that creates crime and exasperates violence. Yeah. So really? it's very hard to think about society without prisons, but there's like a lot of reimagining things that you have to do first. <laughs> Yeah. Um, it, I, I've been thinking about this for a while. If I could be radical, really radical for a second, if there was like a button right. I could push where it was like, okay, you push this button and all the nonviolent prisoners get released from prison right now, but so do all the violent ones, um, I, I would push the button. <laughs> I, you know what I mean? Well, just, just on a numbers game, I mean, the amount of people you're, you're releasing that, you yeah. know. Yeah. Prison no, I get button. <laughs> yeah, right, right. But for prisons. <laughs> no, I dig it. Um, is there any, like, kind of, anyone want to go on some, like, tangents we haven't covered? I, I've got some Q&A stuff, okay. uh, but um, but if anyone wants to kind of, like, go on a spiel that we haven't covered yet. I've got one thing. <laughs> wait, 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 if somebody else can go first, if they have I'm going to raise my hand. There you go. <laughs> go ahead. You can go he's first. So, he's so oh. well-behaved. I love him. <laughs> yeah, I was trained. I, I got trained well halfway through the episode. Um, okay, so, <laughs> so I, I say that, uh, I mentioned earlier that half, the uh, CEOs that you run into um, are have good intentions, but uh, I didn't mention I didn't really go into the other half. And I've talked about it on other shows, but um, I I have a story. Um, I said it in my speech uh, for the Libertarian Party of Missouri, but um, it's important uh, that everyone knows the mentality that people that that the the enforcers of the state have when it comes to um, you know keeping people in line, and it's it's uh, it. It makes you look at the Stanford prison experiment differently and, and uh, take it more seriously. Mm. But um, we had this inmate. His name was Bobby. He was in the surge uh, of Iraq, and you know he really thought that he was fighting for freedom. It really fucked him up. Uh, he developed a drug problem. Um, story old as time. Uh, but um, he was in prison for possession, and you know he he had severe PTSD. And so you know every month he would have kind of an episode, and he'd he'd kind of be moody and you know, me or one of my partners would have to talk him down. And so he went to, uh, you know, we weren't always there. I was there probably 16 hours a a day, um, three days a week, and then eight for the rest. But 
um, he went to the hole, he went to SEG, and uh, he was having an episode in SEG, and my partner was there early, and he goes, uh, you know, he's CIT certified as well, he's crisis intervention trained, so uh, before a use of force is, is initiated, what is supposed to happen is that the CIT officer is supposed to go and talk to this person. So he's he's like, oh, they're they're shaking up the party cans. Um, you have two different type, uh, two different party cans. I'm still using prison lingo. You have two different types of uh, OC spray. Uh, it's it's a law enforcement mace, which is much more powerful than civilian mace, um, and it hurts like a motherfucker. Let me tell you, don't get sprayed. Anyways, uh, they are shaking up their party cans, which are these giant fucking cans of mace that have like they look like guns. They're just like fucking. You can just hose a fucking housing unit with it. Um, and so they're they're getting ready. They're pumped. They're like like fucking cue the metal. Like let's fucking go. Frothing at the mouth. And he's like, "Yo, I gotta go in there first. Like you know that's protocol, right?" And they're like, "Yeah, fuck it, whatever. Fine, go do your <laughs> pussy shit." So he goes in there. He's talking him down. Yo, dude, they're gonna come in hot. They want this. They want you to fuck around. Like, dude, cool off. Like you, you gotta stay with me here, dude. We do this all the time. And he's like, calming down. Five minutes goes by, and they're like, "All right, cool. Fuck off. We're here now. Go away." fucking it, it's go time and they like fucking damn near physically remove him from segregation they fuck this guy up like thank you for your service face the fucking wall and feel the heat and so yeah. like what i'm saying is that um whether i know that some people are all privatized everything and it's just the wrong mentality when it comes to law enforcement because you are placing people in this mentality where like who i'm dealing with are animals it's what i was taught it's what um, it literally they 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 plug it into you from day one. They they are animals. They are monsters. Assume everyone is guilty because if you don't, then you know uh, then you'll play favoritism. They're all animals, and so you know for a long time I was in the mentality of inmates aren't people. They are things to fucking keep housed and. You know, hopefully they become people, but they probably won't. And so this is just a fucking mentality that they they just they just indoctrinate into you. And, and a lot of people take it way fucking too far. You know, this is why I'm I'm super emphasizing uh, um, mental illness. I mean, you know, and and you know, then it goes into the conversation of veterans and just a bunch of other shit. You know, that that that's not the topic of the show. Oh fuck, chat's blown up. <laughs> well, you, you mentioned you mentioned privatization, and uh, and Mel said she she'd go off on it. But yeah, yeah, Corey, uh, what, what do you have to say? Uh, I feel like uh, Miss Buckles might have uh, had something first. So, no, I'm good. Oh, cool. Uh, in that case, um, I'm gonna say something that's gonna make all of AnCap Twitter groan, and it's gonna kind of be like a build <laughs> Miracus kind of good. take, like you know. Tomorrow or like next year, even we're not going to get rid of prisons, right? So, um, one thing I was thinking about was sort of economic ways to game the system, maybe like at the local or state level, if not the federal level, to um, incentivize prisons to do the right thing. And I realize that's sort of a tall order, but one idea is like to condition funding based on low recidivism rate uh, or like people not getting hurt or dying in prison. Um, so it's not just like, you know, you game the recidivism like incentive by just killing off everyone in your uh, prison, right? Because 
they're not going right. to defend. But so stuff like that. Um, what do people think about approaches like that in the short term? Um, I haven't read the book in a really long time, but there's this guy John Pfaff who wrote the book Locking Up. No, Locked In. It's called Locked In. Um, and it's a little bit like that. He went on Scott Horton's podcast and talked about this as well. Um, because a lot of people look at a prison budget and think if you get rid of X amount of prisoners, that's reducing like tax dollars that goes to that prison. But it's not like really, that's not how it works. It's like a revolving door. Um, and the guy on Scott Horton's podcast and in that book talked about how the incentive structure for prison, like drastically changing that could do a lot of, like could help a whole lot. I think that's sort of related to what you're talking about. <laughs> awesome. I'll look into it more. Yeah. It's John P-F-A-F-F. John Pfaff. Um, anyone else? Oh yeah, Ace. Oh yeah, I, I just wanted to uh, say, you know, I, I I said this a little bit before, but it's like, you know, if you just think like the, the amount of suffering that these people go through in prison, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? It's it's like, like a lot of people have this dismissive attitude towards prisoners as if, as if they're, you know, as Flintlock was saying, like they're almost just not human, right? They're just not people. Uh, but if you can like imagine, like even if you were young and you did something stupid that was actually bad. And now you're in prison for, you know, a long time and you're just being tortured. You know, it's like, I, I don't see how, it, it, like anyone who tells themselves that it's about rehabilitation is just like, mm -hmm. I, I can't imagine they have any experience with the prison system whatsoever. Like, it's just so hard for me to imagine anyone saying that. And, you know, especially with people like who have, ne you know, just not alone, even just people who have never even harmed another person, you know, kids who've gone to in prison for 20 years, they lost the prime, their prime of their life was stolen from them because what they sold the weed three times in a row, you know, it's just like, it's unconscionable uh, mm -hmm. the, um, what these people go through every day. And most people don't pay them any mind. Honestly, dude, um, some of the shit that you see there blows your fucking mind. And it's, uh, I, I wish that you could bring cameras in prison one, because I'll like, man, some of the cats you meet there, are, they're some of the funniest, smartest, <laughs> like fucking witty oh, motherfuckers you'll ever meet damn so, like but you know what a lot of shit you see is horrifying and like seeing mm -hmm. is believing on some of the things i really wish that they would um i i actually just got a book um mel i'll uh i'll text you about it but uh when i when i finish it uh but i you know i have a reading list that you gave me um i have homework but uh that i need to get to first <laughs> it's called american is it prison, american but... prison yes did you read it <laughs> I have read it several times. Oh fuck! Okay, well I gotta text you. <laughs> That's how I knew what was coming. <laughs> is it good? It's amazing. I can't wait for it. Okay, so he uh, basically what it is is this uh, reporter. Um, for those who haven't read or don't read at all, I'm looking at you, Marines from Bible. It's really uh, good. <laughs> it's about a guy, a reporter, um, who join who joins a uh, a prison for three. Uh, like you think he goes for like three months, and he just reports basically what he sees. And Shane uh, Bauer. Yeah, he and it, it, it honestly kind of looks like something that was uh, that I that um, it kind of looks like my situation uh, when I was in. But um, I'm really excited to see it. Uh, I, I hope it's honest. Oh, um, it's so good. So um, I don't like 
I don't want to spoil a nonfiction book if that's a thing, <laughs> but it alternates. <laughs> like one chapter is his story in the prison, and one chapter is like the formation of American prisons, like okay. changing, like shifting from the system of slavery to this new system of slavery. That's yeah, really good. It is so good. Oh, I'm excited. I totally recommend everybody read it. It's it's nonfiction, but like he's a really good storyteller. He's like went undercover with the three percenters and um has done like a lot of other really dangerous undercover type uh projects. And he's like a really good storyteller. Totally recommend that book. What was that book one more time? American, American Prison by Shane Bauer. Okay. See, I, I, I was saying to Mel, I was like, all right, we're going to get all the nerds together and then we'll have homework because our listeners do like homework. <laughs> Hell so, yeah, dude. I say, I, I say that with love. Like, whenever it's an informational um, topic. If, if I can plug a book um, that talks about this topic a little bit, not just about this topic, but Bob Murphy's uh, book, Chaos Theory, deals specifically oh, yes. with this issue. And it's, oh, uh, uh, I, I pulled a lot from that in my argumentation here. So uh, I, I personally think I, I'm a big fan of it. There we go. Cool, cool, cool. Now it's now it's a gate, uh, ace guest box. We got the reading. Um, There's a couple <laughs> organizations too you can look into and join. Ah, oh, that's something I wanted. I was going to mention earlier, and I totally. Oh heard. yeah, sure. Like it's just going to be Q and A stuff after this, so like go for it. Miss Buckles, you brought it up, so you can go first. Um, I just have the two because every state usually has one, but like I just have the two that I know that are like national and international. And there's criticalresistance.org, and then like there's masslibaz.org it's arizona but they have like national chapters or whatever and they're good a lot of it is um they talk a lot about the racial stuff but i mean that's part of the mm -hmm. prison conversation so yep um i meant to bring this up earlier when we were talking about freeing mm -hmm. all the prisoners but there's this um there's this organization called code for america they're amazing they in states that have legalized marijuana, Code for America has designed a program, not really tech nerd, so I don't understand exactly what they've done, but they've designed some sort of uh, thing that checks these states for people who are in prison who should no longer be in prison because of the laws that have changed. Mm -hmm. And they freed so many freaking people, like hundreds of thousands, and it's amazing. Can you give me that name like again? Code for America. That's awesome. America. So yeah, like every time I read stories about them, such a white pill. Like they're hmm. incredible. Do they have any like social media? I have no idea. Damn, it'd be it'd be cool if we could like reach out to them and blog them or something. I'm not like talk to them. Yeah, I gotta talk mm -hmm. to them. But um, I think there was a libertarian podcast who might have had them on or something. Oh, that'd be a cool follow up if we if we can figure that out. But um, no, that's very fucking cool. Like kind of a algorithm that leads to appeals, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, 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 like... that would that would just forgotten because it's like ah, they're just in jail wrong because whatever. Yeah, something like that. You know, well, like same... a lot of these okay. places, they legalize marijuana, they change the laws, but then the prisoners are expected to like know these things um, and oh. be informed, but they don't. So <sighs> Code for America's gets in there, figures it out, helps them out. Just because a, awesome. uh, a dumb inmate and an uninformed inmate is a good inmate, and it causes less stress for COs. They don't want to do their <laughs> jobs. They want people to behave. Yeah. And um, I, 
the, uh, this isn't really on on topic of what you were saying, Mel, but I, it just occurred to me. You know, the same it, it's the same instinct people have where they think that if a cop is arresting someone, therefore that's a bad person. It's the same uh, like concept that people have. Well, if they're in jail, they must just be belong there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's right. just like it's a circle. They're just mm-hmm. there's yeah. no argumentation behind it. It's just like, well, uh, good guy did did thing against that guy, so that guy must be bad, right? Mm-hmm. Assume that's everyone's guilty. They're all animals. That's right. Yes. Be equal. Yes. Exactly. Yep. That's, yeah. a, that's a great, yeah. The one time I had found myself in handcuffs, I had the officers telling me, he was like, I'm so sorry to do this to you. Like, I can tell you're a good person. He's like, but I'm you and I need to go through the motions. Oh my oh, God. Oh, and I was yeah. like, so I'm a training exercise. <laughs> I had the brother speech. Hey man, brother, oh, I'm sorry to do this to you. Cause I was still in, I was still, I still had a badge. Oh brother, I'm sorry, brother, brother, brother. Bro. Mm. Fuck off. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Moot argument. Um, Kansas Justice Institute. Uh, I know it's local, um, but I'm sure people from Kansas or Missouri listen to this. Uh, and so Kansas Justice uh, Institute. Ac- actually, you'd be surprised. Not one. Oh, it's <laughs> oh there's just at me. least one. It's just me. <laughs> it's just okay, you, man. Cool. There's no. one but, but, but go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Kansas Justice Institute, to shout out a local uh, organization. Um, they work... Uh, they work to improve situation in uh, law enforcement or not law enforcement, but kind of, well, yeah, law enforcement in general, just like uh, free speech, warrantless searches, protecting small businesses and stuff like that. So just want to give them a shout out when it comes to organizations. Also the innocence project. What am I doing? Uh, I had a whole fucking oh, rap God, yeah. about the innocence project uh, who mm-hmm. works to uh, reintroduce cases back into the system and free people who have been wrongly convicted are you fucking kidding me how could i forget that (laughs) oh i mean it's just uh it's just a miracle that it's actually a somewhat popular topic going on right now i Mm -hmm. I think um probably like various legalization kind of helped revive that conversation what kind of questions did the locals ask the locals instagram they they're, they're like they used to be the locals but that i don't know yeah that old it's town a, it's been a minute gang um all right so this one sounds a bit kind of futurama suicide boofy but no. i i figured I, I figured it would kind of help shake up the conversation a little bit um could individuals hold a person in a private cell till they see fit as a means to pay off um injustice i'm sorry uh, what? I, one more time could an individual hold a person in a private cell till they see fit as a means to pay off an injustice? <laughs> okay. Um, I, so I, I have, I don't want to say I have the answer, but this is my interpretation of libertarian theory. Uh, the answer is no. <laughs> um, you can't, uh, you can't um, like restrict someone and force them to work for you. If you, if someone owes you restitution, what they essentially have is they have a debt. Do you know what I mean? So whenever they do make money, you have a right to like retrieve some of that or a percentage of that to like um, uh, for restitution, but you can't like force them, enslave them to work type thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah. Oh, so you can't, if someone is being violent and consistently violent, you do have a right to restrain them, but it's the, this after the fact punishment that I would argue you don't have a right to do. Like the, just you can't keeping just, it in a box. That's right. Not cool. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So that'd right. be my answer. <laughs> Anyone else have the, any thoughts on chucking a quarter into a booth and just holding the guy in it? <laughs> I mean, Max Sterner says if you if you can 
then uh, then then you can you know like if you have the will and the strength <laughs> then you can do it to put but, in a box uh, max, he probably belongs in the yeah, box but max turner also says that like come on man you're better than that dude so like you know you can <laughs> physically um you're a bad person if you do don't do it like you know but you know if you do you do and you're a bad person don't do it yeah physically you can yeah <laughs> but don't uh, that's gonna help me a lot when I come to this problem. When, when I cross, when I go to cross that bridge, Max Turner has helped me decide what I will do. Am I a bad person? Okay, I'm not, <laughs> so I shouldn't. Okay, I'm better than that. Cool. But can I put him in the box? Physically, yes. <laughs> well, not just um, Max Turner, but uh, and I'm, I'm not trying to push back on Ace, uh, but uh, as he's well aware, this is kind of like an existing debate. Um, so like. Yeah. People who side with him are more like, you know, Stefan Kinsella and people like that. And people on the other side who say you can uh, kind of uh, infringe at that level are people like Walter Block. And there's like yeah. a lot of back and forth in papers on this. Yeah, it's not decisive. It's very <laughs> still like still in debate. I I didn't think this would be. I, I like this. Thank you. That was that was very, very academic level of answering. Usually, <laughs> usually we just slurry and be like, yeah, put him in the box. But no, that was. Unless you're a share the road bicyclist, go in the box. I don't like you. You're a bad person. Yeah, not in my society. Share yeah, no bicyclists are bad people. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right, good. We we do have some in Minecraft across the board. Yes. In Minecraft. No, fuck that. I'm real life. I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm, a, I'm about that life. Uh, uh, based in long run, in our current situation, should we go for? And I, I guess I mean kind of like, would it be beneficial to transfer to or transition to? A Nordic model like Iceland and/or Finland. Yes. A Nordic model. Like uh, you know that they have like these minimalist little cells with like a pretty view onto the fjord mm. and sunlight and five meals. I don't, I don't know what the. Fuck do you guys want to know that's something that's very interesting? Is it a really fucked up system, Mel? No. Oh, um, okay. Well, <laughs> I was expecting like maybe, doom and gloom. Honestly, I don't know. Depends on your point of view. Do you guys remember? That Anders dude who shot a bunch of people, like 60 people oh, killed yeah, him. Yeah. No. Okay, so it's in another country. Can't remember which one. What Norway, the, the man. Norway, yeah, Norway. Norway. Right? He yeah, is from Norway. He shot up a bunch of people, killed like 50 or 60 or maybe even more. Massive. And massive his cell has like a TV, really nice bed. Um, it's kind of like an open sort of prison type place, like almost like a subdivision type place, but okay. it was real far from his only family member. So this dude who literally murdered all these people um, sued the prison system for a human rights <laughs> violation and yeah. won. Holy shit, dude. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Just kind so, of interesting. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, on that on that beautiful selling point, who? <laughs> so, but but the Nordic model for anyone who doesn't know, that they, they seem to be very um yeah you know very kind of chill. empathetic to <laughs> yeah empathetic and chill to the to the prisoner. <laughs> like it, their crime is kind of irrelevant to. They are you know they're serving time and it's not really focused on the. I guess what the punishment is more just the time of it, you know? 
Dude, speaking of that... suing prisons, fuck the guy who got tobacco banned from Missouri prisons. Like, I wanted to smoke, and you're a bad person. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. I mean, Everyone wanted to smoke. Every inmate wanted to smoke. And you know what? <laughs> they got real fucking rowdy after that shit. So maybe it's a good thing, but maybe it's a bad thing. And I don't like you as a person. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Every time Whiskey tries to quit smoking, I stay off Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't want to be in a fucking prison for that kind of environment. <laughs> um, Mel, did you have any Q&A? Because I'm like going through this, but I didn't want to like step on your feet if you've got No, some. I didn't have any really. I just covered the big three. Um, oh, well, th- I-, I asked for, like, questions and thoughts, and this is more, like, just a general thought uh, from our good friend Wish-A-Bish-Wood. Wish uh, prisons like war are for the elite to make money off of. That's it. Too great of incentives to make more laws that imprison people. Yep. Just static money and labor farms for the, for the state. And I think that's... Yeah, we- we've touched on that, yeah. but just to say it in a sentence, I mean, How I think your we highways all... get cleaner? I mean... Yeah. yeah, exactly. And, and what is it in California under um, Kamala Harris? Didn't she use like slave labor prisoners to uh, yeah. fight those fire those fires? Oh, dude. And they applied when they got out. They applied to go back to those same fire departments they worked with and were denied because they're inmates. Yo, oh my fuck god, you! The oh only, my god! The only decent thing that Newsom has ever done in his entire life was to change that. Oh, that's good. At least bad people. <laughs> that is was it was insane. Was that before or after he was recalled? Before, I think. Before. It was oh, the really? first things he did. Damn. Okay, so he, he didn't have an ice heart. He's just he's just a tyrant with like a little bit of love in there. From from doing some acid in college, maybe. I don't fucking know. It was probably PR. I mean <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Newsom yeah. and PR come from the same cloth, like from San yeah. Francisco. So. It's like that like that oh. like that quote, uh, I can't remember what movie it's from. Cool story, still a bad person. <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah. <laughs> Cool motive, cool motive, still murder, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it's crazy because it's like, you know, <laughs> we have a vice president who, you know, owns slaves and uh, used them to fight fires. It's, it's kind of... Uh, Directly profited off of 21st century United States yes. homegrown slave labor. That's <laughs> but she right. wears chucks and she dances. It's so That's cool. right. <laughs> oh, I love her so much. Is it kind of base that she's black, though? I mean, just the <laughs> Dude, Mamala, which was the first <laughs> thing the internet ever created. Oh, my skin is crawling. Yeah. And not just because I have second degree burns. Um, <laughs> oh, How do you hurts. think I feel? I, I said it and I want to wash my mouth out with buckshot, dude. <laughs> it's the only thing that works. Uh, <laughs> wash this all right. Out. Uh, so, something, something someone said. Uh, very hard to get past some people that they don't actually have the right to punish, which I guess we kind of, uh, Ace, you covered a little bit with the um, point of the NAP and kind of, yeah, you know, right, right. And, and this yourself. is, as Corey said earlier, this is still like an ongoing debate within libertarian circles, but from oh, my NAP. understanding of like libertarianism <laughs> and from my point of view, no, you, you do not have a right to punish uh, with the nap. That, that, that kind of goes my, into the, perspective. Uh the resist not evil book that I wanted to talk to Mel with, uh, about, pardon me. Uh, yes. Uh, it's a really good book and it's very thought provoking whether or not you agree with everything in it. Um, you know, you don't have to pick a side. You can just like, I'm not even religious and I love that book so much. (laughs) One of the things I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Go ahead. No, dude, I do the same thing. Are you fucking kidding me? But no, (laughs) one of the things that, uh, I love about it, it says, uh, you know, we are all 
we're like everyone does bad things and so if you are a, if you do bad things then how can you judge another man like how can you pick someone to judge another person when everyone does bad things is the same thing that goes into politicians people are people say i don't trust my fellow man therefore i need someone one of the untrustworthy to lord over everyone else mm. to make sure that everyone else who is untrustworthy doesn't fuck me over even though i myself right. am untrustworthy and that politicians are untrustworthy same same concept um yeah yeah so i thought that was interesting i'll go into it yeah later later i'll go into it on, on my own thing okay. we don't have time <laughs> <laughs> um Ace was gonna say something. Oh, I, I, yeah. Um, what was it? Uh oh, yeah. So I, I wanted to make clear. I, I've said this earlier, and I just want to make clear. When I say you don't have a right to punish someone, that also would mean for if someone like retaliated against a murderer and killed them, you would also not have the right to punish them either. So it kind of works both ways. Assassination so contracts. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah right. Right. Any more questions? <laughs> oh, I, I've got, I've got a few. I'm, I'm like kind of going through. I'm like, eh, did we answer that? Did we not? And then some of them are more just for fun because I know I'm kind of throwing them to the wolf pack. Um, this one, how, how do you lot figure the victims of victimless crime laws should could be compensated? How should they be compensated? I, I, I well, I be- believe that the degenerates should be put <laughs> into prison camps, re-educated. Probably released into society so and maybe we could put like a sign up there that says like work makes them free yeah oh, i yeah, don't yeah. want to be corrupted by devilish marijuana smokers sorry it's Mel. the jazz cabbage <laughs> i don't want my society destroyed by these heathens <laughs> degenerates but, uh, if, if I... don't even get me started i know with their group yeah. it, it, it was a, it was a funny question because you know uh how do you figure to compensate the victims of victimless crimes i mean so there's no victim for the crime so do they mean the prisoners themselves like the people who got arrested i i don't know i I was mostly just being an asshole by asking (laughs) i just just wanted someone to be like oh that doesn't mean anything but um dude the instructions (laughs) are written on the box (laughs) (laughs) yeah I, i i don't know um I don't know if they mean because uh, it has to be a if victim they, to be a crime man, right? But it, I, yeah, I assume it's a joke. But if they if they mean like the people who get arrested for victimless crimes, then uh, the uh, the cops and politicians owe restitution once they get an honest job. <laughs> How should the state compensate people who are arrested for victimless crimes? I, I think I'm not allowed to I say it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think right. it's a joke question, but I yeah, I I, I, ho- I hope it is. Otherwise, I feel really bad for the yeah. Person. It's an X uh, question. I feel like you would have asked that. <laughs> that, that is a good point. Yeah, it, it was like I don't know. I didn't I didn't know what to do with what that one. So I was hoping someone would just slap out of the air. Hmm. Have we got anything else? Most of these we've answered. Um. All right. And th- again, we've we've kind of gone over this one, but BRD. You um, have any? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, uh, I think truly dangerous criminals need to be kept from society. I just don't trust the government to do it, which is, yeah. I think, where where uh, many people might find themselves. And hopefully, this episode's kind of taken them on a, you know, next thoughts, next kind yeah. of things to look into, because yeah. it, it's it's a big, wide open topic. Like we were, you know, when we first started this episode, it's like, all right, where the fuck do you want to go? <laughs> yeah, this is a sampling taste. Dive deeper. Uh, absolutely. Um, I do. 
want to mention really quick. We have not talked about private prisons. Like, oh, yeah. The, oh, shit. Yeah, in the current sense in this episode, I think that does deserve its own episode oh, because it's like a I really was a hefty prison. topic. Um, just wanted to put that out there because it does seem like a very big oversight in this episode, but okay. it does. It's a, such a huge topic, you know? for-profit prisons just mm-hmm. privatize it bro yeah well that's part mm-hmm. of what i mean the prison i worked for was a private prison and that's how they got the contracts from the department of corrections mm-hmm. was that rehabilitation side so that's where they would get and it, you were paid by hour and bed like Hell they yeah, filled dude. bodies and then how <laughs> right privatizing space well <laughs> i right now private prisons hold eight percent of prisoners 92 mm-hmm. percent of prisoners and public prisons on top of that prisons make like private prisons make 300 million dollars in profit whereas public prisons pay like 30 billion dollars in wages Mm -hmm. and so like when people talk about like prisons for profit it's very clear where the profit motive is in that sort of system so in the typical sense like private prisons they don't really they're banning them or whatever. This is not like really going to put a dent in anything. Yeah. Um, a lot of these leftists who talk about like, you know, getting rid of private, which I mean, I support getting rid of private prisons too, mind, mind you. But it's like, I, I they, they just talk about like, we need to get rid of these for-profit private prisons. But then you realize that a lot of these prisoners are in public, like state prisons. And yeah. it's like, it, it, they did nothing to actually help these people. But, yeah, but we also don't want them privatizing pr- prison either, because that's, we don't want the state privatizing the bad stuff it does. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's kind of like moving people from private prisons or yeah, private prisons to public prisons without changing like sentencing or the number of people in prisons is kind of highlights how Democrats are just as complicit as Republicans in building mass incarceration. Oh, that's right. It's literally doing nothing. Jay, That's why um, I deserve this episode. Hell yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think like uh, in the private prison discussion, it might be worth comparing like their incentives versus the incentives of uh, public sector unions. And I guess Jay would probably be able to speak way well on that. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Absolutely. one more time. Just like union membership and like the perks and kind of how the overall structure of the union um, gives it kind of its own sort of private interest that pursues mm-hmm. uh revenue from the state oh we didn't have dude okay so we had a union right well it was like a quote-unquote union um but like they didn't they didn't help ceos at all dude like they, they? Uh, th- yeah they they offered a lot of things that they didn't uh actually <laughs> like pay out on you'd ha- like you had to jump through a shit ton of hoops to get any help like if you Prison had uh, m- mental health problems or anything from like your duties which some did and uh you know I, uh, there, there are like separate programs outside of the union that helped with that, but, um, unions didn't do shit and it ended up dissolving, uh, in my state at least. So sorry, dude, I don't have the answer. Prison guard unions are the devil. I mean, yeah. (laughs) Um, In the private prison that I was in too, they weren't even correctional officers. They were security guards. Like they weren't, they didn't go through the same training that a regular correctional officer would go through. It was like six weeks instead of 12 or 13 or whatever. It was nuts. I think a hall monitor is more accurate. Yeah. A a violent hall monitor is more accurate description. 
Yeah, egotistical hall monitor. Yeah, like a, a, a narcissistic egomaniac <laughs> hall monitor. And they got paid like $13 now. Oof. Yeah. We are coming up on an hour and a half for this episode. So I think it's like a safe place to end this episode. I do want to say um, you're all invited back for any sort of roundtable on this discussion in the future. Also, if we have any guests who think that they could add a unique perspective to this conversation, or um, any listeners, sorry, reach out to me on Twitter, Instagram, Small Crimes, um, because I think this is a great conversation, should be happening a lot more in this community, Yep. because it's, you know, very important. Mm-hmm. Does anybody have any sort of like last thing that they want to say before we shut it down? If you actually go forward with this cringy ass anime episode, dude, you should go to jail. (laughs) (laughs) Which one? Oh god, we're doing another anime episode? Where the fuck? Well, did you not see the group chat? Okay, so there's this show called um... Do Not Collect $200. <laughs> There's a show called Kino's Adventure, and the very first episode is about this town where murder is legal. And I've tasked the entire e-militia to list, watch that episode and or stream it with me. I'll stream it. Mel, you know I'm, I find it morally reprehensible. It's one what? episode! I'm, I'm not sure my weird code would allow for it. Yeah. I'm Japanese and don't believe in nuclear weapons, but Japan should be nuked harder for creating anime. <laughs> oh, Ace... I'm easy. I mean, you know, the man's got a point. Oh, <laughs> oh like I, I didn't know Austin Pierce is doing the chat. Right. I'm ending it here. No, Hell yeah! Enter yeah. Neocon like, Scott Horton. Hell yeah! Dude. No, just block my other account, just, by the way. Just, just nuke the whole conversation. We just had like an hour and a half of civil discourse, and the last two and a half minutes just fucked. Nuke all prisons. <laughs> yeah. uh, nuke, the, nuke the prisons. There you nuke go. That's, prisons, that's gonna be a nuke sticker. Japan again. Like, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Neocon checklist. Okay, so Excellent. Neocon um, Scott. Okay, nukes are bad. Really quick, uh, one of the people who was supposed to be on this round table, Ali, was not uh, able oh. to make it. Um, Corey mentioned that he would like to hear her talk about mutualist prisons. So if we got a gang of mutualist prison advocates. Reach How many out. mutualists can you find? Like I don't, six? I don't know. I know. I know Ali can have like a co-mutualist friend on the podcast. I, I know. I know like three. <laughs> I'm. I feel kind of bad because I, I. I is there a mutualist prison theory? Because I always, I thought it was closer to what you said, Corey. Where it's like they could sort of. I like. I'm imagining like they would own the prison. That's the how what I'm thinking when I hear <laughs> they mutualist prison. Seize prisons. the means of their own. Uh, <laughs> something right. <laughs> we Does all band anybody... together and buy a box of ramen. Right. Do any of you have any plugs before we end this episode? Just that you can find me on Twitter at ace underscore Arcist. Sweet. Corey? Um, Jay Flintlock, you want to plug your podcast? Uh, Jay Flintlock on Twitter. Uh, Lever Action for Liberty. I just switched the uh, the weapon system when I got banned on four <laughs> accounts. Uh, Lever Action for Liberty on Instagram. And then uh, the Flintlock faction, me and Cato, some of you know him, some of you don't, uh, talk about various topics, and I tie in prison when I can, and various law enforcement things, and sometimes we don't talk about prison at all. It's, we just, <laughs> you know, we do it on our own time. Dope. Um, Corey doesn't have 
social media. Oh, okay. No, I do, and uh, I'm not going to give it out here, but uh, the inner circle or what uh, Car Camp it calls uh, the locals, they'll know who I am. I was the uh, large Indian dude at uh, Childerberg, so if you know, you know. There you go. You know, you know. Cool. Okay. And if you haven't been to Childerberg, check out our episode. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I didn't forget to plug one thing. Uh, if you want something that's completely not this, you can listen to the Serp Gang podcast with my co-host, but uh, it's it's nothing like this, so be prepared. Nothing well, like shit. this episode. You listen to the first 20 podcast oh, okay. episodes. They, they, they were our Slurp Gang days. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> Um, now now we're clearly sophisticated and know much better or something. Yes. If you made it this far, thank you so much. This is a topic near and dear to my heart and you stuck it out. So this is the only topic I talk about. (laughs) (laughs) Gang gang.